we find ourselves in a brightly lit television studio in Burbank, California. We're in the middle of a taping of a popular network television daytime talk show. The host is sitting down in front of a live studio audience. She's just introduced a part of the show that she calls the Spanish word of the day. It's kind of a comedy bit where she reads a Spanish word off a cue card that she has trouble pronouncing. The bit goes on for a few minutes with the host fumbling the word as the audience laughs along. And then, slapping the cue card against her knee out of a mock frustration, she switches gears and announces the segment that the audience has really come here to see. A special segment called the 12 Days of Giveaways. Suddenly, Christmas music begins blasting out of speakers and a giant wall on the soundstage opens up to reveal a dancing two-legged reindeer in a cocktail dress and sequined boots who dances alongside an incredibly joyous elf. And right behind them is a man in a garish Christmas sweater who walks out, hugs the host, and officially begins the segment. The two of them announce that everyone in the audience is going to get a gift, a number of gifts in fact, and the last gift is going to be a trip. But before they get to that, they're going to give away some stuff people will need before they go on that vacation. The excitement in the audience is building. The first gift they're going to give away, the host says, is the number one gift on every pet lover's wish list. The man in the Christmas sweater pauses for effect. And then he dramatically lowers a screen and reveals a table full of what looks like futuristic coffee makers. The crowd, in a reaction that, quite frankly, seems to me a little bit disproportionate to what's just been revealed, totally loses it. The screaming is intense. They describe that this thing, which actually isn't a futuristic coffee maker, allows you to leave your house and see your pets remotely on your phone. It also allows you to dispense dog treats to your pets remotely. The crowd completely loses it now, screaming, shaking, as they realize that one of these devices will be coming home with each and every one of them. It's truly a sight to behold. If you wondered what that weird scene was from, it was taken from an episode of The Ellen DeGeneres Show. It was from day 15 of their 12 Days of Christmas segments, and admittedly, the math of which I don't totally understand. And also, I don't watch all that much daytime television. I find things like having a a day job kind of put a dent in that. But from what I gather from this particular clip of The Ellen Show is that if you happen to be sitting in the studio audience during one of those 12 Days of Christmas, you're going to walk away with some pretty good stuff, like this smart dog treat dispenser, which sounds awesome. That is until the paranoid part of my brain kicks in and my mind goes to the negatives, which I suppose is a sad byproduct of hosting a show like this one. After all, this dog feeder is an IoT device, which means in theory, as I've learned, is that in the right hands, it has the potential to be hacked. And honestly, when we started out on this episode, we thought showcasing a quirky device like this might be cute. Something that people in the hacking community might call a trivial hack. Only when our hacker really dug into it, what he found was a whole lot more serious than that. This is the story of what happens when an ethical hacker gets in slightly over his head, and the company that he's managed to hack is forced to respond. Welcome to Hackable, 
an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete. But will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here, as always, with cybersecurity expert Bruce Snell. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Jeff. We have a very, very serious topic Mm. to talk to you about today. Do you have a dog? I don't. Do you have a cat? Almost. We're actually looking at getting a cat. It's like being almost pregnant. <laughs> almost have a cat. Well, then this this could be very exciting for you. I have a dog. He's a year and a half old uh, Boston Terrier. And uh, often, like last night, we mm-hmm. um, debate just opening the front door and letting him run free <laughs> in the city because, because uh, he has too much energy for um, the people we are. But he's also very cute and we love him. And what worse feeling in the world than leaving your home and not knowing what your dog is doing every second of the day? Mm. I say that slightly sarcastically. <laughs> so, so we discovered this product that I kind of think is, it's, it's almost solving a need I'm not sure that we had. Okay. I think the premise of it is you go away to work, you uh-huh. love your dog so much, you're going to want to check what your dog is doing at all times. So now you can pick up your phone, you can see a live stream of what's happening with your dog. Every time your dog goes by the camera, it'll snap a picture, uh-huh. and you can use our little dog selfie. You can actually hear your dog. So your dog can bark and you can be alerted when your dog's barking, which sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Right. But but you can also, you know, talk back to, hey, Rover, and you can talk back to Rover. And then the killer app is you can actually press your button and a little treat can go flying out of it. Oh, that's fantastic. The only problem, of course, is that you can't open the door and let Fido go to the bathroom. Right. So you can feed him treats remotely. You still may be faced with the consequence of having a dog home alone with an overly full belly. Well, see, and that, 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 you know, you could potentially hook that up to your smart home, right? And have your, a, a, a smart doggy door to let the dog out. Now you're talking. That's some next level. Yes. That's some next level stuff, my friend. Assuming, as I'm learning from you and, and the hackers, every time you introduce an IoT device into your home, uh-huh. there are potentially security trade-offs. Right. For something like this, where Fido was just fine to be home alone, do we need this in our lives? You know, it's, you know, my default is to say, no, we don't need this, right? But the doom and gloom, Snell. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's Mr. Doom and Gloom. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, Dr. Doom and Gloom. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. But you know what? I can, I can see the value in this, actually. You know, like, okay. I, I think, um, you know, I, I know I have a lot of friends that have dogs that, you know, they spend a lot of time with their dogs. They, you know, are showing me pictures of their dogs and... I could see where they would, you know, they would be interested in seeing what their dogs were up to when they were away from home. So I, I you know what, I can actually see the value in this. This story kind of got crazy. And this, this is not your average hackable episode. This is a very special hackable. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Because what happened was way beyond anything we thought would happen. I'm, I'm really interested in, in what the results were on this. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on a moment. And, and I'm going to talk with uh, Dolev Farhi, who's, uh, who's our hacker. And uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Dolev, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming over. Thank you so much for having me. This was your idea. You wanted to do a smart 
dog bowl? Is that what this is? What is this? Yeah, so this device is actually a food dispenser um, with a built-in camera, two-way audio, uh, infrared night vision, and artificial intelligence technology baked into it. Um, <laughs> awesome. It sounds awesome. Sounds it, great. And it, it is. It is awesome. For your pet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's designed for dogs primarily, but it can be used for cats as well. I, I personally have cats. Before we get into whether or not you've hacked this or how you hacked this, I want to get my head around and actually see what this is. So what you have sitting on the floor between us, it's a, it looks kind of like a weird vase slash robot. Yeah. It's a white uh, device. It's maybe 18 inches high. There's a little hole um, if it was a creature, it would be where its belly button was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing I got to say is the device is really well built. Okay. It looks really good. And the hardware itself feels really like quality hardware. It doesn't feel cheap at all. Okay. Which is, you know, when I unwrapped it, I was like, mm, it looks good. Might be, there's a chance that I might not be able to get anything out of it in terms of, uh, you know, finding security flaws. Um, that's just the first impression. Can I see it working? Yeah, for sure. Should I call yeah. the dog? Sure. Okay, hold on. So you, you have your phone in your hand. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the live video feed right now. So really? once I see the dog coming in, that's when I'll toss the food. Okay. All right, I'm going to call my dog, and we are going to demo this properly. Let's go. He was waiting dutifully outside the office door. Come here, good boy. So every time there is this uh, sound, that's when the food gets tossed. So yeah. the dog will know to come over to the device. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. It really chucks it out of there. Yeah. And are you getting any dog pictures? Yeah, you can basically just take a picture like with your regular camera. And you can also take videos as well. The idea is great. The idea is honestly great. It's a great product. It's built, built really well. You know, it does what it's supposed to do. As funny as it seems to have a smart dog bowl, I'm actually starting to, to warm up to the idea. Yeah. So I know that when you got this, you found something. Right. What did you find out about this when you, when you started taking right. a peek under so, the hood? So a little background. I was, you know, I got the device on uh, Thursday and uh, I was sitting with my wife, uh, at home and, and she was just sitting there watching TV while I was playing around with it. So once I got it uh, all set up with the Wi-Fi and everything, I was just basically trying to see what what does it do? how And how does it do the things that it does? So it's Thursday night, you're taking a look at this device, your wife is looking over your shoulder, seeing what you're doing. When exactly is it that you realize that the smart dog treat dispenser that you just brought into your home may have been vulnerable to hackers? After about 20 minutes since I opened the device, yeah. that's when I first realized that I have something that is very, very disturbing. Okay. It took about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. From the moment that I opened it until the moment I realized that I can actually get information that is not mine. So the first thing is I noticed that it's taking pictures. Uh, every time I put my hand in front of the camera or I walk around the house, so then I realized that those pictures are uploaded directly from the device to their to the cloud, and once you browse in the in the in the mobile application, then it downloads the pictures back. So it's not really storing them locally. So if I understand this correctly, the photos are taken, 
on the device, sort of a motion-sensored camera, right. uploaded to the cloud. Right. And then you on the app on your phone can choose to download photos of Fluffy while you're at work. Right. Or, or your house, even if you're Yeah, it downloads secure. them automatically once you open the app. Okay. And the first thing that I noticed is that the way that it does it is not very unique, meaning that it doesn't seem to differentiate between devices. And, and the way that the device is, is communicating with the cloud and asking for photos and, and gets the data back is by basically presenting itself as, okay, I'm device ABC, give me my photos. Okay. And, and when I realized that that's what it does, I had a moment where I said to myself, okay, what if I say that I'm CBD and not ABC? Yeah. And when I, when I did that, I realized, okay, they don't really know who is asking for that information. So for example, if you're jeff at gmail.com with a device of ABC, then if they had a system in place to understand, okay, device ABC is assigned to Jeff, then we would not have this issue. But since they, there is no association between your email and the device, then anybody can ask for ABC data. And were you able to find addresses for devices that weren't your own? So yes, I found a, I found a lot. I didn't necessarily download the photos, but since I had an indication if the device exists or not, somebody else could use that and you know get photos and and that's the moment that I actually stopped looking into the device because I felt like okay there is nothing else that I need out of it it's it's basically that's all I was looking for and so what what did you find before you realized that you should stop looking I found a way to get customer photos those photos that the device captures and uploads to the cloud either by you know the motion sensor that it has those photos were available to anybody with a little bit of capability would have that. And, and the moment that I realized I don't have the pictures of myself, but somebody else's, I looked at my wife and, you know, I, I we had a what the fudge moment. <laughs> like how easy that was. It, it's very scary. And that device is, is uh, you know, in people's homes and their children and kids, pets. It basically, since the device is always connected, then you can always get data. And since it's all based on motion sensors, photos will always contain something. Always. That's amazing, Dolov. And I guess it's it's, it's amazing because what you've found very very quickly is super invasive. Like I, you know, if that was in your bathroom, and your shower is in your bathroom, I'm guessing the motion sensored photographs that could be taken are potentially not the ones you would want a strange hacker having access to. Exactly. And and since we're not talking about a situation where you need to hack somebody's, you know, home network, um, it's basically all, all in the cloud. It makes it even worse because it's, you don't need to, to hack anybody. You don't need to, I don't need to hack you directly to get your photos. And, and that's the most concerning part. As an ethical hacker, after you've discovered a vulnerability in a product like this, what do you do now? Once I realized what I have, I immediately decided that I need to contact the company that is behind the device. I started looking for ways to uh, get in touch with them. I uh, messaged people on LinkedIn, Facebook, whichever platform I could, including their CEO. Okay. Um, and it took them about, I think... 
12 hours to get back to me. Okay. And that's when the customer service manager reached out to me. And I think at first they didn't really take me seriously. But then I told them, please pay attention. This is very concerning and I'm, I'm here to help you. At first, they didn't really believe me. They asked for a proof. So they gave me the one of those addresses that I mentioned before, the physical address of a device that they owned so that I will be able to get their photos and prove that I have something in my hands. Okay. They had a device set up uh, with one photo and they gave me the device ID. And that's when I presented them the photos that they had on their device. Took them about 10 seconds to respond. I think they were just in shock. And then they just started to ask me, what do companies do when you disclose things to them? What's the process like? So they were not really aware of how things are happening in, in the world of security. That's so interesting. And it's also interesting because you're on the side of good. And I, and I can imagine the first thing that most people are not doing is going to tell the company that we've hacked you and and here's the problem right to me it was it was so scary and and disturbing that i i felt like i okay this is the moment i have to contact them because honestly no one really knows if i'm the first one to discover this yeah that's that's the scary truth about it so what what did you tell them when they said you know what's the normal thing that companies do when you contact them so i basically told them that i'm not going to be disclosing anything until they fix the, the the problem okay and i'll be helping them whenever they need me either on making sure that the software fix that they implement actually fix the issue and doesn't introduce a new bug uh, in the system and basically constantly being in in contact with them and i was there for them and and and, and what's amazing is that you weren't getting paid for this this was you know volunteer yeah. work to help them right and so what happened did they did they patch the the so whole. the problem with the, the the flaw is that it's not an easy fix. They had to push a new mobile application in order to fix it. So they pushed a new version, I think, after about a week. Okay, I think. So, so a week later, there was an update in the right. in the app store, and people could download that, and then the vulnerability that you found was fixed. Right. Okay. Exactly. Once they fixed it, I realized that, okay, I only found one thing and I stopped looking into the device. Maybe there's more. Okay. And so did you keep looking? I kept looking um, just to see, you know, what else is out there. You're, um, you're, you're a, you're a, you have a strange hobby, Dolov. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I, and I appreciate it tremendously. And I've learned so much about it through doing the show. Oh, yeah. But yeah, keep, keep going. I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, so I mentioned before that before you toss food to your dog, the dog needs to know that food is about to come out. Okay. There's a, a default sound that the device plays just before the, the food gets tossed. Yeah. And you can change it. You can change it. They give you an option in the mobile app to, to record a message yourself. And it's okay. about six seconds. So they give you six seconds to record a message yourself. So I was looking into that and I realized that the same, same kind of issue that they had with the pictures, they also had with the audio recordings. So exactly the same way you could get all the audio recordings of all their customers. And so were you, the same way you were able to with the pictures, were you able to get those six-second messages? Yeah, exactly. They had the same kind of flaw. Okay. And not only that, technically speaking, you could 
record a message yourself and upload it to another device. <laughs> so you could you can you could have your voice saying something horrible to somebody's dog. Exactly. And that would become the default thing. Every time I press give dog a treat, it would say yeah. something you don't want to hear. Something you don't want to hear. Yeah. Wow. And so did you hear some of these messages? Just a couple. Okay. And and then again I contacted them. Okay. We were on same same problem. And you know, I told them, okay, I have one more thing that we need to discuss. We got on a call and they realized immediately what was going on just because, you know, it's this kind of like the same thing as the uh, pictures. Okay. So it was easier for them to understand what the problem is and how to fix it. Okay. After I found the flaw with the audio recordings, I, I reached out to them and they fixed it. And, and then I decided, okay, maybe there's more. I, I remember I was sleeping and I woke up realizing something and I realized that I saw something that made me a little suspicious. Okay. I woke up and I realized there is an, an even more problematic flaw with the device. First of all, I love that this device is starting to infect your dreams. <laughs> Second of all, I'm unbelievably curious. So what, what did you find? So what I found was that when a, a user is losing access to the device or to his account, basically, um, and you need to reset your account's password, they had a logic flaw in that way that it works. And the way that it, they did it without going into too much technical details was did not make sense. The bottom line is anybody could reset anybody's account, meaning that instead of just pictures and audio recordings, I can log into somebody's account by only knowing his email address. What? That means that you can actually log into the mobile app and connect to somebody else's. And from there on, you can watch live feeds, you can talk, you can hear whatever is happening in the house, you can toss dog food. So wait, wait, hold on. If, if you know that I have one of these devices right. and you know my email address, neither of which are particularly hard to get, you could... Just knowing my email address, log onto my account and do everything I can do, including seeing live photos, throwing right and yeah, treats. exactly, exactly. Wow, yeah. Okay, so right. what happened when you told the company about it this time? So when I reached out to the company and I told them it's it's a an even bigger problem. So we got on a phone call, um, and after that, uh, they gave me an email address that they own, and that email address is actually registered as an account, which is connected to a device. So the company that you're dealing with is in Asia. You're in North America. They have a device set up in their offices, and then they send you the email address that's associated with that particular device. What happens next? I send them a picture, a screenshot of the of whatever is in front of the camera in their office. So you were able to access their account just by using the email address that they had. Right, with their permission. And how long did that take you? A couple of seconds. <laughs> okay. And wow. And what was so you and then you sent them a picture of what their device halfway right. around the world was. Right. And was I think doing. that moment I think was the scariest for them because that's that if I thought getting photos of customers is the worst case scenario that cannot go any worse. Getting direct access to the device it, it cannot get any worse. Okay. So what, what happened next? So what happened next is I uh, used the swipe functionality to toss food. 
so, tossed food so, I don't to know the other the, side of this planet. It was it was hard to see, but if they had uh, food in the container, then it was tossed. Okay. And that that moment, I just disconnected from the device, and and we talked about the next steps. Wow. Exactly. Okay, they must have been losing it at that point. Yeah. I I don't know if they were being thankful or they were just scared, but they uh, it was it was hard to un- to understand what the their emotions are. Wow. That is amazing. So then the company has fixed this now, which is why you can't show me these actual things right. that you did. Yeah, I cannot show you the same things that happened before. You know, the main question is, was I the first one to discover it? I don't know. And they don't know either. So that's the scary part. I mean, I found it, but no one knows if maybe I'm the second person to find it or 10th. I want to... Thank you for doing this experiment. It, it certainly went places I didn't think it would go and ended up being way bigger than I ever imagined it would be. We hear stories about the bad hacks and and, and the data breaches and, and privacy stuff, but it's not often that we get to hear about the good guys. So thank you for that. And as much as I found it kind of novel to have this device in my house, I feel way less comfortable uh, having it here after everything you've told me. So I think it's time for you to take it back to your place. My cats love it. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, enjoy. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Holy smokes, Bruce. That was pretty epic. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was just how easy it was to find this back door that Dolov found so he could gain access to all sorts of images that he shouldn't have had access to. Right. But I was also super interested in his journey working with the company itself to get this corrected. Uh-huh. It's a side of the story that I haven't heard enough of. And and huge props to the company involved for being as reactive as they were, not only taking it seriously, but then correcting the problem fairly quickly. Yeah, no, it was actually, I'm, I'm very impressed with how quickly they were to respond. You know, that's kind of one of the, the problems with a lot of these types of devices is that they, you know, there's the concept of the minimally viable product, right? Like how little work can I do on a product to get it out the door, right? And, and have people, you know, have it in such a way that people will buy it. And a lot of times they ship these products out with, you know, not a really robust backend infrastructure available or, you know, kind of a cobbled together web interface or something like that. And so it's actually good to see somebody take responsibility for a security issue that comes up and, and very quickly work to fix the problem. So hats off to them. Given that the fact that, you know, good hackers aren't checking out every single mm-hmm. IoT product, what can you do to protect yourself for something like this? Who produced the product matters. Right. I, okay. I think the company backing the product is is really important, right? Because if it's some company that you've never heard of before and you go out and buy it because it's cheap and you know it's cheap on on eBay or something like that, if there's a security issue, there's no guarantee that they're gonna run out and fix it. You know, there are a lot of products out there that have glaring holes. Uh, there's a few nanny cams I that that I'm not gonna mention that still have massive vulnerabilities that people have known about for years. And so it's very important that, you know, if you're getting a device that's going to give you and potentially other people a window into your home, uh, make sure that it's from a reputable company that has a good reputation for, you know, for fixing issues like this. So brand names matter, you know. It does. It does. All right. Anything else? You also need, want to take a look at the, the device itself and, and what the, the interface looks like, right? So, for example, if there's a way to, 
send a link directly to a specific picture or video video clip without having to log in, that's a big issue. You shouldn't be using a device like this if it doesn't have proper security for the web interface or for the app. I would never have thought of that one. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you 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 want it to be easy, but you also don't want it to be insecure as well. Okay, so let, let me see if I have this straight. Mm-hmm. Brand names matter. You know, a reputable company is always better than the cheap thing you find on eBay with no brand name, that there's no customer service number and you right. can't guarantee that anything will happen. And then you should look at the device itself and judge whether or not it's secure or insecure. If there's a way to access a link or a picture of something, if it's, a, if it's some kind of camera and you don't have to put your username and password, be wary. Right, absolutely. Bruce, thank you so much. I always appreciate this. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. All right, take care. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. In this episode, we had a whole slew of technical details in the episode about how our hacker actually did what he did. Some of those details got cut for time, and others, quite frankly, because I didn't understand them and got lost in the details. I didn't think they worked all that well on a podcast. But if you wanted to find out even more about how Dolev did what he did, you can read about it. If you head on over to our spiffy website located at hackablepodcast.com, again, that's hackablepodcast.com, you can find out more details as well. And if you just haven't visited the website, it's it's really beautiful and you really should. The next episode of Hackable is in two weeks and spoiler alert, it's a goodie. It puts me in a pretty sticky situation, stuck inside of my car, surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of liters of soapy water. It's never been so terrifying to be so clean. Until then. <laughs>